Welcome to your first 15 pages. I'm Sandra O'Donnell, an agent and book coach with over 20 years of experience in the publishing industry. And I'm Judd Vowell, a writer working on my fourth book, willing to share my experience of what's worked and what hasn't with listeners like you. Each week, we're going to coach you through what it takes to write, edit, and publish a book and help you go from writer to author. Welcome to episode six, Plot and Structure. In this episode, we discuss plot and how to structure your story. From mini plot to the hero's journey, we'll talk about how you determine the best framework for your story. Hello, Sandra. Hey, Judd. How are you today? I am good. How was your week? It was not bad. Not bad at all. How about you? Excellent. Um, pretty good. I had writers here this weekend. Ooh. Yeah, so. for, okay, for those of you who don't know, Sandra does have kind of a writer's retreat, right? I do. Yeah. I occasionally do writer's retreats, and we, we had a retreat this weekend. So. Okay, cool. How'd yeah. it go? It was good. We like to start off with a segment called Writing Challenges and Writing Triumphs. We do, so we can start off with that. You so, want to go first? Yeah, mine's kind of a, a challenge and a triumph. I love those. So the challenge is how to stay present in the moment. Mm-hmm. when things are kind of chaotic around you sure. and you feel your writing pulling you out of what it is that you're doing. So during this writing retreat, we did spend a lot of time writing and a lot of time talking about writing, but then, you know, you're with women. Okay, yeah. I think <laughs> so, we all know what that means. So there's a, a lot of time where the conversation <laughs> kind of goes off the rails, you sure. know, Early in the morning, at dinner, you know, yes. after dinner, that kind of thing. And it, I had to force myself right. to be present yeah. and to not sit and think about all the things that I could be doing. Well, and that's that's such a good thing. It's a hard thing. Yeah. But it's, yeah, because we all have friends, families, you know. You, right. You don't need to be so preoccupied with writing that, that you lose focus of that. Right. So, it, you know, it... You have to reach that balance. You do. Where you say, this is what I'm doing right now, even though I really want to be working on my story. Or I want to be working on an exciting new project that just came my way. It could be anything. Yeah, yeah, anything. People are passionate about all kinds of things. So, yes, you do have to find that work-life balance, Work-life balance, stay focused, stay present. I'm, I'm excited about some of the things that came out of that. Good weekend also had and we talked about this before we started the podcast a really interesting conversation around genre so we just talked about genre we did a couple of weeks ago one of the conversations that that came out of genre we were talking about YA and two of the writers are working on a YA book around creativity but it's non it's fiction mm-hmm. so it's a fictional story mm-hmm. so we had this discussion about how YA is not middle grade you, right. you know, you don't have parents sitting there reading YA with you. Exactly. You know, YA is for independent readers. Yeah. And they kind of had this in their head that when you get to YA, you still have a parent sitting there reading everything their child reads. That just does not happen. No. And a great example of that is the book 13 Reasons Why. Sure. Which it became was a huge Netflix huge. show, right? Yes. Yeah, it was a huge book and it became a Netflix show. And then when it became a Netflix show and children were kind of in distress because it deals with teenage suicide. Right. 
so a lot of parents had their kids coming to them distraught mm-hmm. over the, both the book and the and the series, and the parents didn't didn't know because they hadn't read the book. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of YA, young adult, mm-hmm. if you don't know what YA is, young adult, typically it's for an audience that begins around 13 and goes 21, but... Okay. A lot of adults read young adults. A lot. I am really enjoy a good sure. YA. What's an example? An example, example. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. The Fault Is in Our Stars. Okay. okay. Um, so those books tend to, and over the last, I would say, probably five to seven years, even more so, mm-hmm. they deal with really deep subject matter. Sure. So they deal with suicide. They deal with gender identity issues. Mm-hmm. So. You know, parents should probably be, especially for the younger YA, so 13, 14, and if you're letting your kids read YA at 11 and 12, which some YA is perfectly appropriate for advanced readers at 11 and 12. Some is absolutely not. Of course not. Parents should kind of be monitoring those books and those book choices. Mm -hmm. But yeah, your parents aren't sitting there reading with you. read it together. That's exactly right. So that's what you kind of had to... So we had to have that, with, yeah, with these, the talk about these two genre. that are writing the YA they think yeah. is YA. Because people come in thinking that they know what, what a genre is, or they come in thinking that they know what the audience is for right. that genre, and then they're really surprised when they find out that it's not the case. So as a writer, you have to figure out what your genre is. It just reinforces what we said a couple of weeks ago. Reinforce what we had already oh, said. So yeah. That good. Was, That's a yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that all ties together for your challenge and your triumph, and you did. You it stayed does. present. I stayed present when you, needed, when you needed to. Yep. And you even got some writing done. And I did. I actually added about another, I'd say, twenty five hundred words because while they were writing independently, I wrote independently. Perfect. So, yeah. Good, good weekend. Good weekend overall. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. What about you? Well, uh, you know, something that was triumphant on a personal level for me, and something maybe we all do as writers at times, but, you know, dealing with kind of personal stuff still. And I mentioned that a a couple weeks ago. And so I did, I went off and wrote something that kind of directly related to that situation. Okay. But made it kind of fictional. Right. It was a little short piece. Yeah. But it was kind of therapeutic. Good. Writing as therapy. Writing as therapy. Nobody but me will ever see it. Right. And I know that. Right, but so you know, you didn't you when you started out. It wasn't something you intended <clears throat> on ever publishing, or definitely not. Yeah, it was just it was I a way to get of this kind out of, of my system working it through right? your system. And so yeah, yeah and, and it was cathartic and therapeutic, yeah. and I felt better after doing it. And at the end of the day, it was good practice. It's always good practice, you right? Know, we just need to write, 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 and yeah. so yeah, that was kind of a little triumphant, little yeah, mini triumph, mini triumph. <laughs> so now, are you ready to get back? Yeah, and I have. I mean, I've been back okay. a little bit in the edits of, of Powder House. Yeah, because you, you have shooting. an agent that wants to mm-hmm. see. <laughs> I do. She's ready <laughs> She's to see ready. this next yeah. draft. Next, uh, yeah, I can't wait. And then we've got to go through and, and start a whole other draft process. Right. Which is, we'll, we, you know, when we get into the editing episodes on down the road. We're going to talk about all the drafts. There's just different drafts you do, and we're yeah. kind of in the midst of the final stages of that. Right. And I right. did have some distractions, but I'm getting back into it. Good. And hopefully we'll have something ready to send out here shortly. Awesome. I can't wait. Last week, we talked about finding the why of your story. Can I say something? Sure. About that real quick? Yeah. Before we move on? Yeah. 
another little reinforcement on what we were saying. I saw an interview with Neil Gaiman, the new masterclass. Right. And I'm not even that far into it, and it's brilliant. It's great. He's yeah. brilliant. He's he is. just great to listen to. Yeah. But one of the first things he talked about was when he was writing Coraline. Which was the book that I think really kicked off his career. I think that's right. Yeah. He said he was a short story writer before that when he right. was younger, and so he started writing Coraline. And he had shown some of the some of what he was writing to, I guess, his agent, maybe some publishers he knew, and they said, oh, "This is not ever. This is not something that's ever going to get published." Well, because so, it's dark. It's dark. So he was kind of way before the kids are ready to read more I darker think that's right. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So he kind of put it, not didn't put it in a drawer, but just kind of worked on it sparingly. I think. Yeah. And so he was about a third of the way through it which I could relate to because mm-hmm. I was about a third of the way through Powder House <laughs> before I changed my plot line completely. But he was about a third of the way through the book, had an experience that, that was pretty amazing with his kids that made him realize the why of the story. He oh. did not know his why wow. until he was a third of the way into the book. Wow. And the why of the story that he wanted to tell was to teach kids that you can be brave even if you're scared. Okay. The two are not independent of each other. Right. And sometimes being brave is is having fear also. Right. And overcoming it. So that was the why of his story. Yeah. And he didn't know it. And when he fig- figured it out, he said it just flowed. That, and it became is. Coraline. I love that. Pretty good story. I love That's a great story. So I, when you said... Talking about the why last week, I had to just say that. that yeah, because you know. it, it does confirm what we talked about last week, that you really have to know that why in order to be able to drive the story forward. That's it. Yeah. He was stuck. Yeah. Or he was just doing it kind of here and there. Yeah. And then once he knew the why, it just the he story. He could move forward. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. That's so anyway. That's cool. Very cool. So we had the yeah. why. Yep. Let's say you've got your why. So now we're going to talk about plot. And plot is, it, it, it's one of those topics that feels overwhelming and it can feel wieldy. Yes, right. And like, how do, I've got to... Now i got to figure out how I'm going to write this thing. and be but daunting, for again, sure. again, the reason why we talk about these things and, and the reason why I, I really like getting into the real literature terms for things mm-hmm. is because I feel like it's more freeing than it is daunting once you understand it. Absolutely. You've always said that, and I've yeah. learned that. Once you get it, you're like, ah, now I can move forward. That's right. So we're going to talk about plot. There are three kinds of plots, but we're going to focus on two today. Okay. So there is anti-plot, right. mini-plot, right. and the hero's journey. The one we're not going to talk a lot about okay. is anti-plot. Okay. So I'm just going to give you a quick overview of it because it's not something people are really going to do. Well, the name kind of says it all. Yeah. Anti-plot. Anti-plot. There is no plot. <laughs> right? There is no plot. <laughs> and to pull off anti-plot, you really have to be a master of convention, genre, and structure to understand what it is you're breaking. Sure. The rules so that you're breaking. You're not going to want to do anti-plot as your first book. No. Yeah. Right. No. Right. Okay. People try it. Yeah. But mm. generally not successful. Right, right. So some basic conventions of anti-plot are that there is no consistent reality. Okay. There's no time frame. Uh-huh. 
There's no causality. There's no evolution of your protagonist. So your protagonist basically stays flat through the entire story. And there's no internal or external structure. Okay. So a really good example of that is Waiting for Godot. Okay. Or you had mentioned... Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I just go to movies a lot. Yeah. So, like, something like Pulp Fiction. Like, Pulp Fiction would be a good example yeah. in terms of just a film. Bouncing all over the place. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and we have no idea where we are in the story. That's right. And the characters are pretty much irredeemable. The they whole, are. Yeah. I think there's a protagonist that, you know... Nobody grows in nobody that story. Grows. Yeah. They get out of their situation. That's it. That's basically it. That's it. Yeah. So, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, anti-plot. The next type of plot is mini-plot. Yeah. This is this is the one that, that you have to explain yeah. this every is time a, we talk about it. It's a little... <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it it feels clunky, right? But it's basically anything that doesn't fall into the hero's journey. Okay, okay. which is what we're typically familiar with, I right. guess. When well, you think of yeah, you know, fairy tales or the the oldest stories, you know, I mean, those are hero's journey. Those stories. are hero's. Everybody knows a hero's journey story. That's right. Even if they've never heard of the concept of the hero's journey. There you go. So we'll go into that in more detail in a minute, right. but. Mini plot is not a hero's journey. Not a hero's journey. So with the mini plot, most of the conflict is internal. Okay. Okay. So it's about the growth of a character, but a lot of that growth happens internally. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get a lot of internal dialogue. You're going to learn a lot about the character. These are heavy on character. Stories that are very, very heavy on character. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it deals with either status or worldview or morality. So these are heavier, weightier yeah. stories yeah. that generally have a bigger purpose to them. Okay. All right. The lead characters face inner demons. So there's something going on mm-hmm. internally that the lead character is battling. So it could be alcoholism, abuse. These are stories that are concerned with individual trials and tribulations. So it's an inner voice that is increasingly at odds Mm -hmm. with the external world or the external environment. They have open endings where you see change, but that change still has some unresolved questions. Okay. So the change isn't complete, but you know that the person is kind of heading toward. So it could be you might have a short story about mm-hmm. a man who's sitting in front of a bottle, you know, and he's faced with the struggle of do I take the drink? Do I not take the drink? Right. He ends up taking the drink, but in the end, you realize that maybe he wasn't an alcoholic, that there was something else that was driving his drinking, sure. but you still aren't quite sure. But you see a lot about the internal struggle he's going through. Mm-hmm. You understand it, but you're still kind of questioning. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of a mini plot story. Let's get some examples of that. I mean, yeah, and and mini plot is more in in terms of it's more identified in terms of writer than it is right. Yeah, the actual book itself book or story itself right you can think about authors such as Raymond Carver Alice Munro George Saunders who I've talked about a couple of times I adore they they tend to be a little bit more literary as well these are books that are a little more elevated a little Mm -hmm. more literary 
and they deal with really heavy duty issues. Right. So that's mini plot. A lot of women's fiction tends to be mini plot okay. as well. Okay. You're not really going on a quest. Right. You're dealing with relationships. So books that are heavy on relationships tend to be mini plot books. Okay. Okay. And the structure for a mini plot is that you have a cause that ultimately leads to an effect. Okay. So mm-hmm. the cause could be discovering that you're bulimic. And the effect would be the effect that that disease has on your family and on your body. Mm -hmm. And then you get help. And the effect of that is that your life changes as a result. Gotcha. Okay? So it's cause to effect. Is the husband's secret? The husband's secret is a mini plot. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Because it's all about the relationship. not a protagonist. There's not a hero on a journey. no hero on a journey. Yeah. There is a... A cause, the secret, mm-hmm. being unmasked. Okay. The effect that it has on the family, mm-hmm. the impact and the effect that it has on the family, and then the effect that that impact has on the rest of their life. Okay. So if you lay it out, it looks like a straight, it looks like a timeline. Yeah. Which I put in the show notes for episode five. Okay, good. And we'll I will also put them in these, in the show notes for episode six so right, that right. people can still see that. But yeah, it just looks like a straight line and you would have cause and then you would have effect and then you might have another effect and you might, you know, and the effects could just ripple on through sure, time. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, it's clearer even still, even more now. Yeah. To me. So it's, it's a way of thinking about both the actions that your characters will take in a story. Right. What drives the story. And those character arcs. I get it. Okay? Yeah. Okay. And we compare that to... The Hero's Journey. March Plot, The Hero's Journey. Yeah. And that... That's... The Hero's Journey is just so much fun. Sure. I mean, that's the, that's the fun one to talk about, It's the course. fun one to write. It's yeah, the, the fun, fun one to, to talk about. <laughs> so, The Hero's Journey is about a quest. That okay. you're going on a quest. And, and the ultimate Hero's Journey would be anything Tolkien wrote. So, The Hobbit. The Hobbit, of yeah. course. Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings. Rings. Yeah. 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 Those are yeah. all hero's journey kinds of books. Absolutely. But, you know, we have modern day hero, hero's journeys yeah. as well. Yeah. The book that I'm writing is actually a hero's journey. Sure. Okay. Because they go on a quest. They do. And the quest is, you know, long and protracted and they have to figure something out. Okay. I'm guessing, just reference another book we, we that's in... Your first 15 pages book, I mean, is The Firm, I guess, a hero's journey? The Firm would be more hero's journey because he goes, he a, dives he's, into mm-hmm. this other world. And we're going to talk about the characteristics of a hero's journey. Okay. The Hunger Games is definitely okay. a hero's yeah, journey. Absolutely. You know, Clearly. that's definitely a hero's journey. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Okay. So some of the characteristics of a, of a hero's journey book is that there's generally a single protagonist. Okay. But there can be more than one. It doesn't have to be a single protagonist. But generally, there's a single protagonist mm-hmm. that goes through. In my case, there is a sibling set that goes through on this quest and goes through their changes. Okay? okay. They are pursuing an object of desire. So if you think in the Lord of the Rings, the desire is to take the ring back and throw it into the fires it's of Mordor. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Okay? 
there's always an external antagonist. Uh-huh. So there's somebody that's, you know, fighting against mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And it ends with a protagonist changed. Uh-huh. So there has to be a really clear character and I'm doing I'm making an know, arc you're, you're, in the air. I can't, I can't see you. So <laughs> As if they can see yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah. an arc. Yeah. So there has to be a really clear character arc where the character begins at one point and then comes to the end and, and is completely changed. Okay. Your book is a hero's journey. Without a doubt, yeah, for Julie. Yeah, because um, she ends up diving into a world that is completely different than anything she's ever experienced. Absolutely. Both on She's the, on a quest for why did this why is this ghost here what's she trying to tell me and who killed her yeah basically at the end of the day yeah um and that's she what her goes quest from, is, is information yeah she moves from her ordinary world which is very yes. she's an, a journalist so yeah. it's like facts, facts. yeah mm-hmm. bring, bring me the facts mm-hmm. into this very murky psychic spiritual world that's right and where the answers are not as clear and and where there's an other side and things that you don't want to believe actually exist. Yeah. So yep. yeah, she's it, she's changed by the end. She's definitely changed by the end. But yep. there there are steps to the hero's journey. Yeah, let's talk along about the this. way, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. The hero's journey was based on a book written a long time ago by Joseph Campbell called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. So that's kind of where we Interesting. we pulled this or called this idea of the hero's journey. Okay. Was from Joseph Campbell. So it all, it all goes back to Joseph Campbell. I got gotcha. you. Okay. But if you want a more up-to-date version of the hero's journey, there's a book by Christopher Vogler, V-O-G-L-E-R, and I'll put this in the show notes, called The Writer's Journey, Mythical Structures for Writers. Okay. And he really does this justice. I mean, he really lays this out in a way that's that's pretty straightforward and easy. Okay, so there are... A lot of steps 12, 12. on the hero's journey. Yeah. All right, before we get into the steps, yeah. if you decide you're writing a hero's journey, yeah. do you have to follow each step? Probably. I mean, I, I'll tell yeah. you, when I was writing my book, I kind of knew I was doing this, but I didn't necessarily reference this right and say i've got to put this in there somewhere but let's see okay let's go through it and just see yeah because now that i'm looking at it i think you you have every bit of it i think i probably do have it all so let's start it off okay all right so the first when we first encounter the hero Mm -hmm. in a hero's journey story they're in their ordinary world okay so for you julie is you know she's being the journalist She's come home to help her dad take care of her mom. She moves into a a house that her father buys for her. Mm -hmm. And she's just living her life. That's right. Just a normal, ordinary person. Absolutely. When, in the story that I'm working on, when this sibling set first enters the story, Mm -hmm. they are kind of estranged from one another. Right. Really dislike their mom have a super dysfunctional relationship with their mother and their mother dies yeah so that's how that story starts that's their ordinary world their ordinary world is we don't get along and we don't like our mom that's their right yeah right okay so the next step in the hero's journey is the call to adventure so in your story it's the visit of the ghost the the ghost first time yeah first time there's your call to adventure immediately julie's 
curiosity is peaked and she's got to figure out what's going on in this crazy yeah. house. She's ready to figure it out. Okay. Um, Good. Yeah. If that were real life, that call for adventure would probably send me running out of the house and go, yeah, <laughs> a no. A lot of people that probably would. Yeah, That's right. No, and I'm out of here. So there would be no call to adventure no, for me, but no. for Julie, yes, that's it's a call it to adventure. And I guess the call to adventure in your story is the mom has left this. It's the will. The will, of the which will. is kind of a scavenger hunt. It's kind of a scavenger hunt. It's kind of a dipping back into her life and all, finding all these clues. Yeah. Call to adventure. And this is the next step is refusal of the call. So in my story, they refuse the call initially. They're not going to do this. They're pissed off that they have to play this game to get their mother's money. Yeah. And then they find out how much money it is. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll probably go ahead and do this. In your case... She denies. She tries to deny or ignore the signs of this ghost. Right. And then it gets to a point where she can't. Right. There's just no way she can she can deny that this happened. Exactly. Even though she tries. Yeah. So, but yeah, she does refuse at first to believe what's happening is really happening. Yeah. So. Okay. The fourth step is meeting the mentor. Ah, uh-huh, the mentor. And in your case, the mentor is? I guess the medium, the Madam medium. Angeline. Yep. But she doesn't meet that mentor for a while. That's okay. Okay. You don't have to meet the mentor right away. Okay. But in the part. course of the the story, that is the next logical step for her. Right. Is to meet the mentor. She tries to figure it out on her own. She does. And then when she finally gets to the point where she's so frustrated she can't figure it out, that's when she meets the mentor. Right. right. So you see a lot and of that. And to be honest with you, all of that time she's still trying to refuse the call. Right. Right. She's still in the refusal stage. Yeah. Well, this is just not. She's real. trying to it's justify. Just, yeah, it's not. It's just not real. She's yeah. trying to just refuse it. And so, yeah, you're right. Even though the mentor doesn't come in for a while. Yeah. She's. It's, it is the next step. It's the next step. Okay. Right. Cool. Cool. Um, and then the next step is crossing the threshold. Mm-hmm. So, in your case, that's where she really makes the dive she into really the other side. The other side. Yeah. Yeah, and starts, starts to learn to about it, mm-hmm. and it gets drawn into it through the medium and through the things that she learns about this ghost. That's exactly right. Yeah. And for me, the crossing the threshold is when they go on this road trip, when they leave their lives behind right. to go on this road trip to figure all this stuff out about their mom. So that's the crossing of the threshold in my story. Okay. Uh, the next step is test allies and enemies. Mm-hmm. And yes. so you've got quite a few of those. I've absolutely got a, a few of those. Allies and enemies. Yep. And I guess the test would be she's entering this world and is she she's testing herself, maybe. I think she's testing herself to see how much of it she actually believes and how much she's willing to buy into. Right. She's also testing her ability when she meets, you know, so I think the test is really tied in with your red herring. Mm -hmm. So she meets this brother and that tests her, you know, is this true? Is it not true? Am I on the right track? Right. She kind of fails that test. Yeah. Right, right, right. She does fail. Yeah. And he is kind of a quasi enemy. He is. And then her allies are people like, the detective up in Michigan that's helping her dad, her dad, yeah. her dad Allison, her friend. Allison, her friend. Yeah. yeah, so she's got plenty of that. And a couple yeah. of enemies. 
Yeah. A couple of real enemies. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm only kind of sort of into mine yet, so yeah, I don't yeah, know, I know. You're quite. Not, you're probably yeah. not to this part. I'm not to the part of test allies and enemies yet. This next one is interesting. Innermost cave? Yes. So for you... What does that so you mean? You didn't even know you had this, did I you? know, probably not. The innermost cave are the the points in your story where Julie is starting to put together her mother's mental illness and mm -hmm. tie that back to all the things that happen in her life. Okay. So when she has to go in yeah. to herself and examine her relationship with her mother. And she starts to kind of see the glimmers of those pieces. Right. That's when she's in the innermost cave. Okay. Yeah. That's that Neat. really deep kind of okay. self-reflective. Yeah. And then we have, and you can see how this works for you, because sure. then we have the ordeal, death, and the rebirth. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to explain so that? crazy. I guess I do. The ordeal, death, and rebirth. Yeah, I mean, I think Julie, her ordeal is facing the fact that her family is tied into this whole sick and twisted series of killings. Yeah. And so, in a way, she 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 has to she has to accept that. Right. She has to accept that that maybe is part of her. Right. Because just through DNA. Right. And maybe she dies in a way. Yeah. And is reborn as this new person who has to deal with this the rest of her life. Right. Who has to? Yeah, I think that's. How to do there? No, you, you did? did pretty good. You did. You did pretty good. So the ordeal is facing the reality. Mm -hmm. You know that the serial killer is who he is. Right. And the connection to her family. Right. And the death is realizing that who she was before is never going to be who she is going forward. Right, right. You know, so she is now forever changed. It's part of the change we get to right. at the end. Having experienced all of this, mm -hmm. she dies to herself. Yes. There's actually two. Okay. And one is not as obvious, may not be as obvious to you. I don't think it is. Um, so that was where Julie was pregnant. Right. And she went through the ordeal of her pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And then had the miscarriage. She did. Right? Yeah. So the baby actually dies. And then she goes through a rebirth of her own personal self after that. That's right. And becomes more resilient and is determined, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So you actually worked to it and you didn't there. even realize that you had done that. So. Pretty neat. Yeah. Pretty cool. And then the next step is seizing the sword or the reward. Okay. Can you think about what that would uh, I'm be for, on this one, maybe. for your story? Seizing the sword or the reward. Boy, I, I don't know. Okay. You, you Do you have it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I you think... guys, I'm a lot like you. <laughs> I mean, I'm learning this whole thing too still. Yeah. Even though apparently I've done it the right way. And you way. can see that some of this is instinctual. Yes. So some of it you just do instinctually and you don't, you know, you're not like, oh, I wrote a hero's journey and yeah. here are my, you know, here's where I seize the sword. For Julie, for your character, it's when she she goes through that horrific experience of being held by the the killer, serial killer, yeah, yeah. and then having her mother come in through the medium. Mm -hmm. The reward is that she finally understands. 
Okay. Everything. Everything. Everything that ever the happened. The knowledge that she set out to gain. To gain, she has by the end. She has. So by everything end. that she needed to know and that she wanted to learn, not realizing when she first started out mm -hmm. to figure out who this ghost was. Right. That all of that knowledge is finally hers, but it wasn't at all what she thought it was going to be. Right. But it cleared up every question she ever had as a small child, mm -hmm. you know, as a young woman. Therefore, it's a reward. So it's a reward mm -hmm. because now she has this knowing that she can carry forward with her. So the reward does not have to be something physical. Right. It's off, almost always a knowing okay. or a way of being in the world mm -hmm. that you would not have had otherwise. Okay. Neat. Yeah. Kind of cool, okay, huh? That is very cool. And the road back. Road back. Is when you emerge from the the other world. That's right. And you come back into your your ordinary life again. Mm -hmm. And for Julie, it's when she's a, she ends up in the hospital. That's exactly right. And she, she wakes up. This ordeal. Yeah, and she has survived, and she is resurrected That's which is exactly the next step right okay the next resurrection is the next step and the resurrection there is also there are a bunch of resurrections in your story yeah, i think so i think there are so there's allison's resurrection allison her best friend is taken by the by the serial killer and is almost killed almost killed but she manages to survive that That's ordeal right. That's right. Julie helps her. And then Madame Angeline. Has a resurrection. Has a huge, huge res resurrection. Right. Okay. Right. Very good. Yeah. Which Julie does too. Yeah. And then Return with the Elixir is her coming back and the conversation she has with her dad mm -hmm. where they realize that they're going to be okay. They have all these answers now right. and it's okay. okay. And it's going to be okay. That's yeah. neat. So the Return with the Elixir is the final Final step. step. And of course, ultimately ends with the protagonist changed. Mine definitely has that. Absolutely. Totally you want to have your protagonist completely changed at the end. Yeah. It is fun to look back and realize that without even knowing it, you I was hitting all these points. Well, you were kind of being guided. <laughs> <laughs> by by a lot of different entities, I think, but certainly by you. Yeah. Um, yes, I was. Yeah. And that's why, hey, that gets back, guys, to you don't write a book by yourself. Are you going to go all woo-woo on people? No, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to go there. But there were some other external influences <laughs> right. that might have been from another world. Yeah. There were some There were some, some universal signposts. Yeah. And you just you got to be aware of that kind of stuff. Right. Whether you believe it or not. And if you don't have someone who can guide you right. through your story, right. just you know, sit down with these plots and get really familiar with them. There you go. And then if you realize you're writing a hero's journey, just say, okay, I'm at some point I need to enter the extraordinary world or That's the right. other world. That's right. Cross and, the threshold. Yeah. And how do I have my character do that? I need a mentor. And I'm into I love using the Hunger Games for this. Of course. Because it's, it, it, <laughs> she does it so clearly. Right. That it's, it's almost like she's, without saying, okay, now here's the mentor. Yeah. You just know. So in the Hunger Games, when she enters the, the other world or the extraordinary world, she crosses the threshold. It's when she gets on the train mm -hmm. 
and she sees all the lavishness mm -hmm. the all the you know because here's someone who's having to hunt right to keep just her family alive yeah. and now she's confronted with just trays and platters and i'm i'm thinking now more of the movie version than i am the book right. version but just for simplicity's sake um, so she's the book too yeah but yeah, no, which when I see visually, it, yes. I always see the movie mm -hmm. version. So she's confronted by all of this lavishness. Yeah. And she knows she's in a different world. This is a different place. Yeah. And then the mentor is... What's his name? Hamish? Hamish. Yes. When she meets Hamish. Yeah. And he doesn't seem like a mentor at first. <gasps> and I <laughs> which love is brilliant. that because yes. he isn't, right? He is right. so not what you would expect. And oftentimes, your mentors aren't the people that we expect. No. Right? No. They're not necessarily... So in the case of the story I'm writing, one of the mentors that they encounter is a woman who has been intimately involved in their family all of their mother's life, mm -hmm. but they had no idea existed. Right. And so they go down to the, the mom's hometown and they meet this woman and she sits and tells them all these things that they needed to know. And they're just stunned right. by all of this information that's revealed. Right. So she ends up being a mentor to them as they, they go through because she was the mother's second mother. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You so it popped into my head as we were talking about this? What's that? Star Wars. Start, definitely. I mean, is that that's such post, a hero's journey. hero's journey of all <laughs> yeah, time? And, well, perfect. I was thinking the mentor, and he meets Obi Wan Kenobi, who's just a hermit. Yeah, and doesn't seem like a mentor at first. But and what about Yoda? I was about to say Yoda. That's kind of what I. Yeah, when yeah. he meets Yoda, he doesn't think Yoda's anything. Yeah, we're super geeky. <laughs> um, yeah, so you you look at Yoda but, and you're like, and he is kind of aggravated totally at first, aggravated. right? It's like, like this guy's annoying me. I'm here yeah. to meet this. I'm supposed super to be Jedi meeting, yeah, yeah, master. And so, yeah, it, it, but just thinking about Luke's journey. Yeah, for sure. Total hero's journey. Total hero's journey. A great reference. Yep. Yep. So these are ways to organize your story. Right. So you have, first you've decided what your genre is. Yep. And you, you know, explore your genre and you realize that there are conventions and expectations. Very important. You know, you got to have that murder. Yes. Got to be somewhere in your story. Yours comes, well, you've got two. You've got the murder of the ghost, and then Julie's mom ends up being right. killed. Mm -hmm. So you have those two murders that come very quickly. So we have those. You've got to have your red herrings, you know, yeah. all that stuff that's part of that thriller suspense genre. Yep. But then you need a way of organizing it. That's it. And so these become your organizing structures. I mean, it's, yeah, if you know, the more you know about this. The more you know, the more you understand. Makes you writing, your writing so much easier. And, and it's, you're right, it kind of frees you from that scary What do I do next? How am I going to do this? Yeah. What comes next? Uh, how do I write the next scene? Right. How do I, and if you just look at that, if you say, okay, well I'm writing Hero's Journey, then my next thing is I have to meet a mentor. Right. I have to cross a threshold. I have to meet a mentor. You know, so it kind of takes you through. Not as clear with mini plot, but yeah. It's a yeah, but you but know that it's cause and effect. Absolutely. And then it's effect and effect and effect. Yeah. So if you're writing mini plot, and you're writing a very kind of emotionally invested story where your character is going through all this internal change, then your actions, the actions that you tie to that, 
are going to have to have some kind of effect on mm-hmm. your character. So you keep having the effect move until you reach the point as the writer where your character has gone through the change you wanted your character to go through. Right. Right. So it's about knowing the why. Yeah. So we'll go back again uh-huh. to last Always. week and knowing the why. So if you know that your why is you want to investigate what happens when someone discovers a secret. Right. Okay. So in the case of Cecilia, you have to have mm-hmm. effect, 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 effect. So, and Cecilia's going through all this internal tur- turmoil, 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 mm-hmm. and change. And so you've got to drive that change through the effect that each of those actions has on her. Right. So that's pretty. That is. I mean, I, that, that's pretty such easy. A, we're using the husband's secret a lot. Yeah, as an but example, it's such but a good perfect, example. That's, yeah, and especially for yeah, mini plot. That's why so I chose it. You guys are going to be writing mini plot. You right. are. You just you just are. So that's a yeah. perfect example. It's a perfect example. But if you're doing, you know, the hero's journey, and you know that you want your hero to go from this, you know, journalist is so self-assured and just completely mm-hmm. in charge of the facts because she's had this. Oh, she's I, also a cop's I want, daughter. I want to cuss so bad here. Um, <laughs> We're keeping um, this PG as yeah. best we can. Uh, so she's had this really chaotic childhood, yes. you know, and growing up because of her mother's mental she illness. Past, right? Yeah. So she goes from being this self-assured cop's daughter, journalist, into this kind of woo-woo world. That's right. Where she comes out on the other side with a completely different view of everything she thought she knew. That's I mean, right. That's a huge arc for a character. Huge arc. Yeah. I wonder if I even knew I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Once yeah. I once I realized the why. Yeah. I mean, I think I did. And I think I saw that arc and I saw the ending. I saw yeah. where she was going to end up. Yeah, I remember you even talking it, about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's it all it does all start with the why. Yeah. And then you can see you take either your mini plot or your arc plot um and you, you go from there. And you go from there, yeah. And it just does. It makes it so much... So much easier. <laughs> organized, easy. You can do it. Yeah. All and right? it gives you a path. It does. Through the weeds. Yes. Because without that, you know, you find people wandering in the weeds for, you know, months and sometimes even years right. on a novel because they just don't know what comes next. Right. But if you realize, if you're writing mini plot, what comes next is effect. Yeah. Cause, effect. And then effect, effect, effect. Yeah. And it's been, this has been a lot of like list items, but you're going to put all this in the show notes. All of this is going to, I'll put my charts that I use in the workshops. All Good. of that will be in the show notes. So helpful, guys. Yeah. So, so go helpful. over to Patreon. Yeah. Five bucks. Five bucks a month. Little Here's a little shout out for our Patreon page. Right. Five dollars a month and you get all of the show notes you get all of the references you get my charts from the workshops i do you get everything for five bucks so that ain't bad it's not bad and it's like a mini writing this is the way we've designed this right is like a little mini writing course yeah yeah okay we'll have a good week okay till next week guys bye bye if you found the information in this podcast useful and you want even more help with your book 
jump over to our Patreon page at patreon slash yourfirst15pages.com to find ways you can subscribe to the show notes for each podcast that include all the references we mention each week, worksheets, mini classes, and much more. And if you're looking for a supportive writing community, subscribe to the publisher tier on Patreon and you'll get access to a tribe of writers who will help you make your book a reality. And if you're looking for even more help with your book, subscribe to the bestseller tier and you can join Judd and I on a monthly coaching call. Thanks for listening and join us next time for Your First 15 Pages, the podcast that turns writers into authors.